Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 34th episode of the Eterna podcast. It's Tava, damn it. We're introducing a new drinking game to the podcast, and it has a few simple rules. That is, anytime any one of us says Adira instead of Tava, drink. Anytime Tracy herself says Adira instead of Tava, drink twice. And anytime somebody says Taraxis' name, drink. We may introduce episode-specific or more permanent rules in the future, but until then, enjoy. And meow. Welcome to Eterna. Keep your dice rolling, your friends close, your monsters closer, and don't let the old gods bite. Hello, and welcome to an Eldritch Dream Games production of the Eterna Podcast. This podcast is made possible by our patrons. From the LCP D&D Podcast, we have Tim Demuse, Wesley Sullivan, and Brian Bridges. From our sister podcast, Dustress, as well as the Hex Grid Heroes Network, we have Don Bewley. And also from Dustress, as well as Action Forge, we have Brian Rafe. Please stay tuned after the story to hear about the great projects these guys are working on. And thank you so much for supporting us. Uh, all right. So you now all stand around this pile of shit that is Bjork Mansfield's headless body and, and a bunch of bones. Well, Brock is immediately going to turn to and attempt to check on Riley, who I'm guessing is still frozen in place. He is. Can, can I make, like, a heal check to see if he's, like, fine mostly, or...? Uh, sure. Go ahead. Make a heal check. That's a ten. I mean, his heart's beating. He's breathing, it seems. Is it is it clear that he's, like, magically frozen, though? Uh, you could infer that whatever is happening is certainly not natural, but he's not like uh, stasis. You can you could move him should you wish. Oh, okay, well, he's he's just gonna turn to Adira and a leaf and just be like, "Do uh, do either one of you know what's happening here? No. Do either of you have something to fix this? Uh, I don't know. Let's find out. Right when you say let's find out." Uh, Riley, uh, your consciousness resumes, and your body functions and moving and stuff. Shit. Uh, to you, no time has passed. You you stuck your sword in the rib cage, and nothing happened. Oh, see, it worked. Why is everyone looking at me like this? That was amazing. What? How did you do that so quickly, Leaf? Do what? Oh, what? What did Leaf do? What happened with the rib cage? Leaf, Leaf fixed you. I wasn't aware that I needed fixing. <laughs> also, the ribcage went that way. <laughs> Riley looks down at the ground, and then off where Brock is pointing, and then back to Brock, and says, What? Um, a s- small but terrifying creature leapt out of the ribcage and fled that way. Riley leans in a little bit, eyes narrow, and says, It wasn't a quarterling, was it? Those nuisances. <laughs> no, no. I, I don't think so, sweetie. I have never seen such a quarterling, so I, I could not say so. It 
left you completely paralyzed. It left me paralyzed? Yes. Well, then I guess it explains why I have no idea what you all are talking about. But if this creature ran off that away, is there any reason we should give chase? No. I don't think we could catch it. It it seemed quite too fast for us to do anything about. Riley looks at Leaf. Is there a chance that you might be able to track it or something? Uh, possibly. Uh, but it, it moves quickly. And at that pace, I don't know if we'd catch up to it. And then two, uh, I don't exactly look forward to getting surprised by this thing amongst the wreckage of the town. Uh, I don't know exactly what we stand to gain by chasing it down. Well, I just have a bad feeling that leaving it unchecked will bring an enemy to our doorstep again in the near future. That's possible, but what happens if you get paralyzed again with a horde of the infected people around? What are the odds that it would happen to me twice? Brock's just gonna kind of look at everybody like not wanting to say anything. <laughs> yeah, Dara's just looking at the ground. What? Wait, did it happen to me twice? What? <laughs> what? No. It just, you you seem to um, be, be a magnet for these kinds of things. Right. <laughs> Riley, like, chuckles a little bit, puts his rapier away, and says uh, these kind of things. Yes, I I suppose trouble does have a way of finding me. Come, my queen, I think we should get back on the road. Yes, of course, and it seems like we have quite a bit to discuss. Do we not? Do we? I I feel we do. I think it may be worthwhile to, uh, burn what's left of his remains while we're here Riley agrees do we have any flammable lamp oil or anything like that if not you could probably retrieve some from uh, somewhere nearby there are plenty of houses so we're gonna have a skeleton bonfire yeah just you know get boxed to like pick up a rock and just like bash the the armor and the weapon to to bits. Uh, the weapon is not there. The weapon vanished. Well, bash what's left to bits and then light it on fire. Say a blessing, maybe. I don't know. I don't want this guy coming back. Okay. <laughs> so you burn and smash the Commander Mansfield and his undead cronies. Ashes and bone splinters are all that remain, except for a few pieces of scorched, bent metal. Well, uh, I'm as satisfied as I'll be. Uh, are we ready to leave? Yes, I do not think there is any more we could, we could do to this body. Agreed. So you set back out along the western road until you feel it's time to camp. Or are you having this discussion while moving? Well, if we're all going to have a discussion, I think that would be difficult considering we have two carts that have to be driven. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll delay until we can. Okay. So as you travel out of the city, looking back on it, you can see even from the outside, it looks battered, beaten, and broken. You notice looking up, 
a spiral of clouds you hadn't noticed before. They're faint, but present. Mostly see-through. But there, spiraling above the city. As you move further and further away from starlight, though the night is quiet and concerning, the surroundings give way more and more to the familiar. No rampant destruction, yes, roads and woods, tracks in the dirt and the mud. It looks as if perhaps over the last couple of days, uh, as you travel along, it may have rained a bit, but nothing like uh, what you had experienced on the way here. Eventually, you find a dry enough spot to pull your carts off the road and set up a camp. Quick question while we're moving. Would uh, Riley have joined Brock again in the jogging by the cart? Uh, only in uh, brief spurts, or like only once in a brief spurt. Uh, maybe just to hang out with Brock for a brief period of time, but he's not going to run himself ragged doing it. Okay. So I have a question. Who's actually driving the other cart? Box. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, Box could drag the cart, but there is Mozart. Oh, no, yeah. he was driving Mozart. Driving, Sean, yeah. not dragging. Well, yes, I was just... Never mind. I, I, I don't feel that driving the other cart is a good idea for for Brock to do because I feel like that's a handle animal check probably yes Another proficient Cause, driver because yeah that, that's not looking like it would be very good well I mean worst case I can go back in the jogging thing and Riley could uh, finagle his way around a handle animal check he's not trained in it but he has a little bit of charisma in spite how he acts <laughs> <laughs> well I mean could it Adira not, or not, uh, could Tava not drive one? She is. She's driving her carriage. Okay, I'll get the lame cart. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go get that taken care of. Okay. Oh, you probably want me to make a handle animal, huh? Not really. Oh. Anybody could take 10 on it and just. I mean, I don't think Troy could, because he has a negative one, I think, to it, so he'd fail. Talking to Brock's like talking to a rock. Uh, so I guess while we're going about like setting up for, uh, you know, a campfire and, and making food and going about the preparations for that, uh, Leaf will just kind of like send a glance over to Tova and uh, just, uh, Tova, uh, I actually wanted to bring up something that concerned me while we were uh, busy with the skeletons and I, I just haven't had an opportunity to mention it. Those uh, those other skeletons that were uh, targeting the captain. The Queen's where Guard. Where did those come from? I summoned them in the Queen's Guard. I, w- I wasn't aware that you cavorted with undead. Well, I don't convert with them. I just summon them just like I do the elementals. But that that's all new. I, I haven't seen you do that before. Are you animating these creatures? No, I don't believe so. I I summon them from somewhere, I suppose. I mean, I summon the elementals the same way. It, it all works the same. The eagles, 
that can keep watch at night. I mean, it all works the same. I, I guess my point is uh, the unliving, at least in that particular nature, give me a, a very sharp sense of unease. And uh, I, I wasn't aware that was a resource that you pulled from. Well, to be honest, it's not my first choice, but he killed the elemental and I needed something to try to help corner the enemy. So you said you called them the Queen's Guard? Yes, that's what they are. I mean, they were. They were members of the Queen's Guard. And, and now you can just, you can conjure them? Um, yeah, basically, can't you stop that? <laughs> just like a skeleton in the background scratching up the side of the cart. Yeah, they're, they're not my first choice of weapon by any means, but the elemental was dead. I didn't have a lot of time to sit and think about what else to bring through, and I knew they would fight for me. And I, I guess I, I don't have a, a good way of articulating this, but the the, the spirits of, of the men that they once were, it's it's concerning. What, what, of, what of them? Why are they a- animated in this matter? Well, I have no idea how magic works. But Adira, they they were people. They they were men with families, I imagine, at, at some point. And they're being pulled from their rest for this. I understand it's a good cause, but... I don't think it's like that. They're, they're not... They don't think for themselves at all. They don't communicate. I mean... Is this conversation happening out in the open? Like, are y'all yeah. having this, like, a little camp? Oh. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was just, like, setting up the campfire when he, he just started talking about it. Okay, when Brock hears you talking about this, he's going to come over. He's just listening right now, but he would definitely be listening to her answers. I mean, af- after that, that last answer, honestly, like, he, he probably just kind of uh, s- stops whatever idle work that he was doing and uh, would just say, uh, I'm sorry for bringing it up, and he'll, he'll no, go... It's- like, leave, leave. I'd rather you bring it up. I want to hear your concerns. If it makes you uncomfortable, I'll not call them again. I'm conflicted. I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm sorry. And he'll. He'll make to. To go like walk elsewhere. Like obviously trying to escape the conversation. Like she'll just turn around and look at the others and be like, I. I was not trying to. To upset him. I. I just think the summoning of the undead is a an uncomfortable thing for most people uh, as it is seen as well evil although I, I am not exactly sure how the magic works I have no idea but I, I I don't have to do it it's it's not it's not something that needs to be done necessarily I, I can find other alternatives that might be best at least until we understand exactly what it is you are, are pulling through because if, if these are men whose souls that are bound to these creatures when you pull them across, it is it is something I would rather not take part in. And to be honest, if their souls are bound to it, I'd rather not have them here either. They'd be as likely to fight against me as for me. Though, I, uh, I cannot say I know much of what magic would bind an undead. I don't know. I, I do not have an inkling how my powers work. I just know I can do certain things. Well, then maybe when we have time, that is something we should look into. Mm-hmm. As understanding one's own abilities is something important. Maybe when we get back towards Thorn, we'll find the library still intact and 
can look for something there. Well, I am I am not educated in, in the magics, but if you should require any assistance, I would I would gladly help you. Assistance would be welcome. I I'm I'm still trying to get used to the fact that your libraries are in the forms of books instead of scrolls. You have my word. I'll not. I'll not call him again. That would uh, be best, at least as I said, until maybe we can understand what it is. That's that's fine. Um, I can stick to the elementals. There, there's a variety of them. Uh, he would just kind of give a nod. Uh, the reason I was quiet for most of that is because Riley was busying himself in the camp doing camp chores. But listening nonetheless, it's just magic is kind of still outside of his realm. And um, he, in this one instance, preferred to hear everyone's opinions rather than try to force himself to say anything on the topic. Uh, anything else before the night progresses into sleep? Oh, yeah. After she's eaten and whatnot, she's just going to be like, uh, Taraxis, you around, babe? Uh, just in the middle of camp? Yeah. Okay. He will not appear before you, uh, rather, walking out from uh, a blind spot of both yours and Leaf's. Leaf, you would notice Taraxis's appearance at the request. Yes, Tava. What can I do for you? I wasn't going to ask you to do anything. I thought you might like to take a walk and have a conversation. Well, then what is it you want? Okay, you really don't understand the concept of conversation. What do you want to talk about? Oh, it doesn't matter. (sighs) You know, boys and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Leaf, a sense of humor. Something I've not seen on you for a while. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. That was totally out of character. He was. <laughs> Leaf is off outing. Crossing my fingers that you're gonna stick with it. Uh, okay. <clears throat> I'm sorry. No, it's good. No, you're good. You're good. I, I I can't miss like a good punchline though. <laughs> like what, Adira? I mean, bleh. fuck, shit, damn it. <laughs> like what, Tava? Do we need a particular subject matter? You are a difficult fellow to talk to. Come on, let's go for a walk. Very well. And he will follow you. His stride has not been well looked at before, uh, but now as you out in the open uh, walk beside him, you never see any feet, just his cloak dancing across the ground. Obviously, whatever strides he is taking are long and, compared to you, relatively slow. Though they do, uh, they do match your speed. It seems he does. Like you've seen him float and float before, so obviously he doesn't need to walk. Yeah, she's basically probably boring him to death. She's asking him stupid questions like how he sees without eyes, where it is he comes from, things of those nature. You know, shit, he's not really going to answer. Yeah, like, when you ask him how he sees without eyes, he makes a comment, like, 
Who's to say I don't have eyes? You don't know that much about what I am or how I work. Besides, not everything can be so primitive. Ah. <laughs> and he gives you, like, kind of relatively snarky non-answers uh, to, to most, most things, really. She will remain polite. So, you continue pestering him with uh, questions that he's not really answering. Meanwhile, uh, the boys are talking about boys. Um, <laughs> of course they are. And Brock is Brockhard. Uh, <clears throat> much lo- too much longer, it's going to turn into a triangle jerk. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, a lot of you actually would probably have noted that she has kind of walked away from camp, going just probably up the road a bit. Yes. Riley's first order of business is to determine how pouty Leaf actually is. Did he wander away from the camp to get some space? Is he just sitting by the fire being all pouty? He he would have probably shut himself into the wagon. Hmm. Okay. So, step one. Um, Riley will excuse himself from Brock and uh, head over to Z-Wagon and knock on it. <laughs> you knock you knock on the door in like a proper French wagon. It goes ho ho ho. Uh no. Uh you knock on oh, oh, <laughs> Riley draws his blade. Oh, Mimic, Beckett. you evil creature. <laughs> uh, uh <laughs> Leaf, you hear a knock at the door. Uh Yes. It is I, Queen Morheim coming to have a brief conversation with you if you're accepting visitors. Come in. Riley does so. I wanted to see how you're faring tonight. I overheard the conversation earlier. I'm sure. I'm, uh... not a fan of the concept. My experiences with, uh... the reanimated have have been very poor thus far. Well, we did just encounter several of them. Um, one of which that's threatened your life at a point, so it's understandable, unless there's more. No, this is far from my first time running into such creatures. It's, uh, they bring horror with them wherever they go, and they're born of suffering. <laughs> I'm... I'm just very disappointed. I I wouldn't have imagined that Tova would be utilizing such things. Do you get the impression from her that she understands what she's capable of doing or the nature of her powers? It's hard to tell. But she, she seems genuine when she speaks of it, so obviously there's the benefit of the doubt, but the fact that those those creatures those po- poor souls are sitting elsewhere at on standby to be conjured it, it still doesn't sit right I'm not quite that adept, uh, adept at understanding the art of conjuration but your concerns over this matter are very real I can see it on your face and that's enough for me to sympathize with your viewpoints and at least get some sort of understanding that said 
Um, I do think you, Brock, and myself should have a brief conversation. I wanted to check in with you one-on-one first to make sure you that you were holding up all right after re-encountering the commander of the keep. Uh, I, I think I, I held up fairly well. Uh, personally, I, I feel like... Uh, my interactions with Taraxis tend to be more traumatizing than facing down that thing. When it comes to monsters with swords and claw, I, I at least know that I, I have you lot standing beside me, sword and shield that they're ready, you know, uh, but against Taraxis and whatever it is that, that he's plotting, what, what he's doing, his, his manipulations, that that's something that's less tangible and not something that we're necessarily guaranteed to be able to defend against and that's what worries me I understand that it's rather concerning uh, when I have to face things that I can't defeat by stabbing or punching which is why magic on large confuses me it's difficult for me to understand it's not stabbing or punching or dodging or anything of the like but I suppose that when it comes to fighting Mansfield, if he does come around again, at least there's some comfort in that he seems to be targeting me. So as long as you keep me close, Leaf, I believe that you'll be in very little danger from that threat anyways. The Taraxis thing that's been difficult for me to understand and figure out since the beginning. Well, I, I pray you never do. There's a weird sense of curiosity about the whole thing, to be honest. And uh, it, it seems that there's a lingering danger of being in the know. So it's, uh, I can assure you, it's for the best. Well, I'm agreeable to that. Um, I certainly wouldn't want to plunge myself head first into something that unknowable. Regardless, if you think you're up for the company, I would like to uh, bring Brock in to our little powwow and discuss some other things. Just kind of swing the shutter to the side of the cart open, and, uh... Brock, uh... Would you come in here? He's getting his rocks off. <laughs> oh, it's like a Boston market in here. <laughs> <laughs> so much meat. <laughs> he would look up from playing with his little mole. And, uh, oh no. <laughs> he would set it in his hair and uh, say he was playing whack-a-mole. And say, uh, yes, what, what do you need? As he walks over. Well, we're, we're having a discussion and I, I suppose we'd like you to take part. And uh, what is it that we were discussing? Boys and stuff, you know. <laughs> Um, does Brock walk in? Uh, yeah, I mean, if he's been invited in, he'll okay. walk into that. Great, great. Because like, no, he's, he's just going to stand outside and question us. He's just going <laughs> to yell, yell from the other side of the camp. What the hell you want? Can't you see I'm playing with my mole? <laughs> 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 okay, just kind of well. look at Riley. 
Riley's just like staring at the bowl with squinty eyes, and then he shakes his head and says, "Yes, focus." Um, it's just it's just hanging out in the spikes of Brock's hair. Great. Kind of looking around. Um. Obviously, a lot has transpired since uh, the beginning of our adventure, and the reason I wanted to talk to you both tonight is I wanted to get your opinion on something. How much, at this point in time, do you trust Tava? I have no reason not to trust her, I would would suppose. With my life? So then it is just the nature of her powers that seems to be upsetting things. I... For me, it is the one, the one instance of the skeletons. Though consorting with Taraxus, I do not know enough about him to say one way or the other. That may be a better question for Leaf. I I can't agree with her decision to associate and casually converse with the creature but she seems to disregard the threat that he represents but does that make her a bad person does that mean I don't trust her of course not this is very true and I suppose I just wanted to hear it from the two of you to set my own feelings in stone he gives Brock a wink um um, Brock kind of gives him a, a glare (laughs) <laughs> he did not like that <laughs> Riley makes a mental note to make more stone puns in the future <laughs> when it comes to Taraxis I do wonder if there is a sense of her having a just a better understanding of the creature and his expectations and capabilities than we do removing that sort of fear of uncertainty about the entity I can plainly see that Taraxis upsets Leaf Though I share in your trust of Tava, her association with that has been difficult for me to wrap my head around. But if this isn't a big issue, I will certainly not let it haunt me much moving forward. As, as I don't know much about Taraxis, I, like I said, can't speak to much on that, but from hearing both Leaf's stories and Tava's stories, I too am somewhat distrustful of him. Uh, but I, I do not know much of strange creatures like that. So the, the best I can do is just try to pay attention to whatever I feel that he is doing and trust the words of Leaf and Tava when they speak of his actions. I agree mostly. I suppose most of my concern just comes from a sense of not wanting this association with Taraxis and her relationship with him to blow up and be used against us later down the line. He he would kind of just look at Leaf for that because he wouldn't know anything about the association there. But at the end of the day, I am willing to share in the trust and loyalty of the friendships that this guild has forged. I've fought beside all of you, her included, in combat now on a number of occasions, and it has always felt comfortable. I felt like I've been in good company in combat, 
and even outside of it. And it would be very easy for me to let my trust outweigh these concerns. I just wanted to make sure that we're all on the same page with this. That's my position. I agree with that. As I have said before, I have no dis- no reason to distrust any of you. Fair enough. Her uh, somewhat strange outlooks on a few things aside, I do value her company and have the incident in Starlights regarding whether or not those killed are actually dead or not aside has been more confusing than anything. But I suppose that's part of the flavor of traveling with such a variety of people from different walks of life and different cultures and different understandings. Well, I would say much of what has happened to us since we have started this journey is strange. Not even counting our mix of cultures and backgrounds. Well, the road ahead of us looks to be uh, more of the same. Riley nods and will stand and say, then if any of this changes, please feel free to let me know. But for the time being, I'm getting the chills, so I think I'll head back to the fire. And he'll uh, nod and um, begin making his exits. So you exit. Uh, Does Brock stick around? Uh, I feel like he would just kind of make sure that Leaf is not still super pouty. But I mean, if <laughs> unless Leaf is showing like, like seeming like super depressed, then he would he would leave too. Rude. <laughs> Leaf is fine. He'll give him a nod and send him on his way. Yeah, then he would he would just go hang out by the fire as well. The two of you go out by the fire as Leaf closes the door behind the two of you. And a chill of his own runs up his spine. Leaf, you feel as if something is watching you. Oh, uh, look around. You don't see anything, but you can't shake the feeling. Uh, I will relocate uh, to whatever spot is directly adjacent to Box. And uh, go about busying himself with some kind of menial task. Alright, so Brock and Riley, go ahead and make me perception checks. And I am so bad at these. Got a rock solid 13. Uh, 23 for Brock. Oh yeah, you're terrible at these. Wow. So I think that Riley might notice that uh, uh, Leaf comes out of the cart and like walks around it. Maybe, maybe he's going to take a piss or something. Who knows? But Brock, I think you you would see that he kind of looks a bit shook, not going to piss, but rather locating himself very closely to box. Uh, he'll get up and walk over there. And uh, as he approaches, he would just ask, uh, is is everything all right? I hope so. Uh, just sitting in the wagon, uh, felt a chill go up my spine, feel like I'm being watched. Uh, does Brock notice anybody watching the group? Uh, you look around and you don't see anybody other than Riley. I mean, he's over there being a creeper, but other than that. Uh, he would actually take a moment and kind of pause and close his eyes and go ahead and use his tremor sense as well. So if anything is moving within 60 feet, he would notice that. Uh, you notice a few uh, animals out in the bushes. Uh, nothing too big, but one of them does catch your tingles. 
it seems much like a squirrel in terms of build. However, its body is strange. Uh, thick, some sort of thick skin on it. And it, it doesn't look normal, but you also can't visually see it. Uh, it, however, doesn't seem to be, like, peering at you or anything. It's just nearby. Uh, it seems to be messing with something on the ground, perhaps eating something. Okay. Uh, after taking that moment, Brock would look back up at Leaf and he would say, I don't notice anything watching us, though there is a creature I've never seen before off that way. So it, it doesn't seem to be doing anything out of the ordinary. A creature you've never seen? Uh, I su- suppose it is akin to a squirrel, maybe, but it is... It, it just it feels different. It couldn't be that creature from earlier, could it? It had in no way resembled that creature. Uh, Brock would think for a moment, and he would be like, I, I do not believe so. Would the... Would the people who were afflicted that, that we fought before... I, I can't imagine what sort of effects it's having on the wildlife. All of it's so concerning. Well, we could investigate if you wish. Uh, I'm sure if it is just a strange creature, it's something you may have seen before that I just happen to be unfamiliar with. And it really stuck out as strange to you? Uh, as I said, it just seemed different in a strange way. It's it's flesh is not that of a normal squirrel, I suppose. Point me in the direction. Uh, uh, he would kind of guide him that way. Okay, so go ahead and make me stealth checks. Oh, I am amazing at these. Oh, that's a nat one. <laughs> that's a nine total. <laughs> On the nat two. Way to, keep, way, to, way to keep our grouping up. Perhaps our rhythmic stomping will distract the beast and hypnotize it. All right, so uh, go ahead and make me perception checks. 16. 21 for Brock. All right, so uh, Leaf uh, would notice the, the sound in the bushes, like something scampering away. Uh, Brock, you would notice uh, just barely with your dark vision a form running up one of the trees near the bush. Uh, it's it's pretty much on the other side of the tree, uh, but you do kind of see something moving up, like just the edge of it. Uh, he would kind of point up the tree, and he would go there. It, it just ran up that tree. Right. I, I just saw it. Uh, I will look for it. <laughs> Alright, uh, so you approach the tree. Uh, go ahead and give me another perception. Um, I will put my dancing lights effects up there. Alright, so your lights go up there, and uh, despite its small form, uh, it, it was not in a good hiding space. And you look up and you see this strange little creature. Indeed, it is fairly well proportioned like a squirrel, and has similar anatomy in terms of its overall uh, looks. Like the way it hunches over its head, the little arms, the tail, all that fun stuff. But it seems to be covered in this slightly red almost uh not scale like it's it's like a really thick horn like uh material uh that's segmented 
Uh, it also has no apparent face, uh, just four creases, cross-section of two creases going along the front of its face, which it then quickly turns to one of the lights, and these sections open up showing a horrid, uh, a horrid little mouth with four jaws, uh, and it makes this screech hissing noise at the light and like swipes at it. Oh yeah, that thing's gonna die. That's, I, well, I, I guess let me uh, rephrase that. Do I, That that's not a natural creature. That's not like a, that's not supposed to be there. Make, make me a dungeoneering check. Oh, that's the worst check you could have asked me to make. It's a 16. Bronco get a 20 on that. Uh, you would be able to tell from this thing, both, both of you would be able to tell from this thing's strange anatomy. Uh, and freakish physique. Uh, yes, this is some sort of aberration. This is not something uh, normal. Uh, it may occur to some degree naturally, but this is not built as the world uh, or nature intended. This is some sort of freak of nature, if related to nature at all. Yeah, that's things gotta die. That's 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 not natural, Brock. We can't let this thing lurk out here in the woods. Uh, go ahead and give me a quick initiative check, right? But we're not we're not gonna go into like a battle map or anything. Just... Twenty-one blackjack. Uh, Twenty-three. Uh, both of you go first, of course, Brock first. Um, so you have the initiative, Brock. Uh, Brock. Brock is just as Leaf says that it's gonna die. He would just say, "I certainly agree." Toss a toss a, uh, a spike at it and wow that is a 10 that is awful uh that will miss its tiny form as it quickly like in a fairly squirrel-like manner uh quickly like kind of hunches down from it and like turns skittering on its back legs on top of the branch and it hisses in your direction uh leaf it is your turn is this a surprise round or is this a full round um this is a full round Alright, then I would draw good old bow and uh, give it a good shoe sting. That's also low. Uh, 12. That will hit. Oh, okay. Three points of damage. Alright. You hit it and uh, it kind of like flies back and falls off the tree. Uh, and it's squirming on the ground, squealing in pain. Uh, it is It is heavily damaged. Uh, it will, uh, kind of, like, squirm away like the arrow comes out of it, and it will get up and slowly, uh, by comparison to its earlier speed, kind of, like, try and skitter away. Uh, but it only goes about, uh, 20 feet into the brush. Uh, it would be Brock's turn again. Uh, it is concealed now, but, uh, oh, you could attempt to hit it. You know, generally. Uh, if I were to run up at it, do I think I could see it any better, or...? Uh, you might... Because you're bigger than the brush, uh, it might go down to partial concealment. Uh, go ahead and give me a perception. You keep making me roll these hills that I'm not good at. 16. That will see it just barely. So you see it, and, like, there's there's brush in front of you, but you can, you can make your attack. And there's only a 
small chance of failure. Well, I'm still going to Earth Blast it, so if it can attack, it gets technically two AOOs against me. But that's uh, it a has no reach. It is a squirrel. It doesn't have reach. That is a 24 to hit. Uh, that will hit. Uh, Rock Spike does 15 damage. Ugh. Just get sprayed down with squirrel chunks. Okay, so it, it it gets broken and dead. Uh, you you do kind of blast through like its side as it dies, uh, but it is not utterly decimated. But it is quite dead. Brock would reach down and kind of grab it and like pick it up and look at Leaf and say, "I I believe I have finished it." It it, it lies limp and motionless. I think you're you're probably right. Uh, but one, I, I wouldn't touch it if it's born of a similar corruption that uh, the, the people in the town were afflicted by. Uh, as, as well, uh, it's probably best to destroy its body. We, we can't risk this thing uh, and, and bury it. Uh, does it appear to be bleeding purple? No. I bleeds red. Okay, well, he's going to kind of like, when Leaf says you probably shouldn't touch it, he'd kind of like toss it on the ground, but just kind of out, not back into the brush, but like out in the open ground. And he would say, well, it, it appears to not bleed the same as them, at least. Go ahead and make me a perception check again, Brock. Just uh, before you toss it down. Uh, 26. Okay, so the point where you kind of like blasted through it, um, you broke like those plates that were on its body that that seemed to be uh, giving it of armor to its to its little body. Um, you notice something weird though. There's a tuft of hair beneath it that seems matted down uh, and kind of like just just is sticking out now that it's broken. You also notice that uh, that the the plates uh, seem to crack and break, um, like like a fingernail or a horn would. Uh, has Brock ever seen any other creature similar to this? Like the closest thing you've seen to this uh, in terms of physiology. With the exception of the weird exterior, is a squirrel. Um, the face is freaky and weird, but other than that. But in the Underdark, you wouldn't have encountered any kind of aberration that has similar uh, armor plates or there, things like that. You're you're aware of creatures with armor plating, uh, especially the giant insects, but uh, but n- nothing quite like this. This seems strange. Okay. Yeah, uh, he's he's still gonna throw it down though, and he's just gonna be like, "Well, at least it doesn't bleed purple." But I've still never, never encountered anything quite like this. It's almost like it's growing like a fingernail around its entire body, as skin, and instead of actual skin. I don't have a good explanation. Uh, beyond it somehow being tied to to the event that took us away from the town for so long. 
but I don't trust it, and it's not good. These creatures aren't natural. It's best to to be rid of it. I I agree. Do you think it would be best to simply bury it, or should we burn it? Uh, if if we're certain it's dead, then I suppose it should be fine to bury. Okay. Can my dirt move ability be used to dig stuff? Yeah, I'd, I'd say a small squirrel grave would not be difficult for you to do. Squirrel grave. Okay. Then I will. I will simply kind of make a hole. And if I could just use the dirt that I'm going to use to bury it with to move it into the hole, so that way we don't have to touch it anymore. Okay. Sure. And I'll just kind of nod at Leaf and be like, "Well, then, if that is good enough." Though I feel it may be in the party's best interest to inform uh, Riley and Tava of this. Of course. Then uh, let's head back. Okay. He would follow Leaf into the camp. Okay. So, Adira. I mean, shit. (laughs) So, Tava. Yes? You've been wandering around trying to get information out of Taraxis, which, despite all of his answering, seems to get you nowhere. Right. Because he practically never tells you, no, I'm not going to tell you that. He always just gives you some sort of vague, kind of bullshit response. And smarmy while he's at it. He's always that way. Like, she would eventually just give up and be like, Okay, conversation is certainly not your strong suit. So, I'm going to go back over there. Alright, tell Leaf hello for me. He's already upset. Let's not upset him, Father. Oh, well, I suppose I'll see him later then. I'm sure you will. (laughs) And as he laughs, he just vanishes. She'll just walk back towards camp. Alright. I think you arrive uh, shortly before Leaf and Brock return from the bush. And so Riley is sitting at the fire, but you see neither of the others uh, until they come power walking out of the bushes, looking very concerned. Do you want to tell them? Um, I... I can, I suppose. He would kind of look up to the group. He would say, "Me and Leaf have just killed something very strange in the in the woods out there. It is something extremely un- unnatural. We uh, we think it best if, well, you at least know that everything out in the woods is not as it seems. I suppose." What was this weird thing that you encountered and killed without me um, out in the woods? Um, well, he would he would kind of look up at Leaf just to kind of get you know, like some backup as he tries to describe this thing. But he would say it was a, a squirrel with a fingernail or thin bone-like skin 
and strange folds for mouths. It is it is an apparent creature of some kind. Fell apparent beast. So some sort of carapace. It it was lurking nearby the camp, and Brock sensed it. Which uh, question? Did anybody inspect the spot where it was sitting in the first place? No, I don't recall. Oh, Riley did. So yeah. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. Isn't it? Riley's really cool. Especially since Riley's just now finding out about it and doesn't know where it was originally sitting. Yeah, but R- Riley's really good at stuff. Yeah, Riley's really good. He, he has the bluff he, to play it off. He went out to see if there was some difficulty with the two of them going to take a piss together and came across an odd spot on the ground. You uh, you guys need some help over there, maybe? <laughs> they disappear in the woods and now there's a wet spot on the ground. What is this? <laughs> But, but yeah, no, I, I don't I don't think we've investigated this spot. So do you think it's unsafe for us to stay here for the night? I I can't say to be sure, but we're we've already set up camp. Uh so we just need to be vigilant. Uh but it does give me concerns for what other sorts of wildlife could be affected. Well, let's take some extra precautions as we camp and travel to observe our surroundings and see how much has changed in the world since our absence. Um, While we travel, if we come across tracks in the grounds, Leaf, perhaps you could check them out to see if they look particularly strange or if you can't identify them. I will try. But it's, it's good to know that there's things out here that we should be concerned and on the lookout for. Yes, it, it seemed like things were a bit too peaceful. I'm going to go ahead and call forth the eagles and post them up for watch. Cool. <laughs> it would probably be wise to also have each of us keep some kind of watch as well. Yeah, I assume that's kind of the standard rotation at this point is we get a nice summon on the field, then one of us also posts up for uh, guard duty, and we just rotate through the night. Sounds good to me. Yep. Uh, Mozart gets first watch, and then uh, we go from there, followed by the cat, followed by Box. Don't forget my horse. Oh, followed by uh, Tava's horse. So actually, all four of us can sleep all night. That's already four people that take over guard duties. The mole mole can keep watch as well. (laughs) Actually, well, I mean, we have the eagles and we have box and your mole. I mean, we probably could get by without any of us having to stay up. No, now that I think about it, the mole would wouldn't work. The mole ceases to exist. It ceases to exist when I go to sleep. Oh, well. Uh, well, we have the eagles and we have box. So, for for <laughs> just so y'all know, when when Brock lays down to go to sleep, the little mole. Which is kind of into a little pile of dirt. Oh, oh, oh what a weird class feature. It's taking a dirt nap. <laughs> oh my god. Jeez. Sean, you're not allowed to talk now. Well, this is going to be hard from now on then. <laughs> no, we'll just, we'll just let Chris DM. No, you can just type it out. We'll still hear you type, right. so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
Wow, I can hear the salts. There's so much of it flinging off the keyboard. You <laughs> did it. Yeah, I'm, I imagine after summoning the eagles, Tava will just go to the carriage and get ready for bed. Yeah, um, I, I, I think at least for now, Riley would still push for having regular guard duty in addition to the uh, nice summoned eagles and stuff. But other than that, we can probably lay down and uh, get the night going. Catch some Z's, you know? So I actually meant to uh, bring one thing up, uh, Brock. Your new little companion there. I don't think we've been acquainted. Oh, um... Yes, he would kind of bring it out to his hand and hold it out. He would say, this is this is Torin. He is... He would kind of think for a moment. He would go, and Earth Spirit? And you found him out here on the road? No, he... With the way my abilities work, I in a way commune with the earth and in my time communing his voice reached out to me and if I think hard enough I can give that voice a form and well he would hold it out again this this is that form I see so you've communed with the earth and the earth answered well every time I use my abilities the earth is answering me it usually just does not well do so so directly well, I'm glad to see you have company. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you. And just like that, the Morheim Zoo grows one larger. <laughs> you can borrow Grey Malkin if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Riley just like looks over to Box, then looks up Box to find the cat in the tree, and the two like meet each other's gaze, and their eyes narrow a bit. And then Radley says, no, I think I'm good. Just a look of disdain. <laughs> but while he's holding him out, uh, Brock would break concentration, and you would just kind of see it fall into the little pile of dirt. You would say, but if I if I stop thinking about it, oh, his voice returns to my mind. And then he thinks for a second, and boom, there it is again. Riley mutters, I wish it worked that way with the cat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, who's going to take the first watch? Hmm. Well, uh, Brock would ask the group if he wants the group, like, if they would like the dancing lights effect to remain throughout camp or if that would bring too much attention. Because uh... it would be a really good source of light for those who can't see in the dark. But at the same time, it would be a very good source of light for people walking up on us. I mean, we do have a fire going, but I know it's different like sorts of lights and different amounts of light. Um, I almost feel like just going by campfire okay. might be better. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> but um, if no one offers, Riley will step up and take first watch. That's fine. You know, I was thinking it would be better for him to take the deeper watch or the the later watch because then it would be darker but no it wouldn't it's always the same amount of dark yeah <laughs> good thought though like initially <laughs> it is always an equal amount of dark yeah then I mean Brock will be indifferent to which <laughs> which uh, one he takes then I mean sometimes it's darker if there's cloud cover mm. 
Oh, well, then he'll just predict when the cloud cover will be, and he'll take that watch. Oh, okay. This, yeah. Great. Good. Yeah. Right, so Riley takes watch. Does Leaf return to the carriage now that Adira has returned and there, he won't be alone in there? Nope. We, we talked it out. He's done pouting. <laughs> so was that but a he's no, going he's not going back? He, yeah, he's, he's not going back into the carriage. Or, I mean, I, I guess if we're turning in to, like, actually sleep and do the watches and stuff, then that's where he's sleeping. Yeah, that's, that's what I meant. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Adira, you may ambush him. I mean, shit, Tava. <laughs> <laughs> She's not ambushing him. She sounds like an ambush to me. It's Wait, called a coup de gras? Come on. <laughs> She's just waiting no, for him to come inside. It is called a coup de grace. Thank you very oh. much. Coup de grace! I am oh, not God, murdering God. Leaf! Yeah. <laughs> no, when he walked in and shut the door, she would just look up at him and, and she's like, You still mad at me? I, I was I was never mad, Adira. I'm just voicing concerns. I don't understand or, or agree with those things necessarily, but I don't think less of you, necessarily. I won't do it again. Thank you. I know it's kind of fucked up, okay? I I know you better than I know them. I can't have you hating me. Well, I could say it's been quite a long time since I've uh, felt hate for anyone, and certainly not for you but uh, if that's your goal then you're doing a fine job of it alright I just I, I don't want you mad at me so just tell me if I upset you of course okay yeah she'll just roll over alright Riley give me a perception check. I'll raise you that with an auto success. How does that sound? Good? Can we just... Fine. <laughs> 20, uh, 21. Wait, wait, you only have plus one perception? What? No, no, no Sean, it was a joke. He didn't nat oh. 20. He was just trying to say you were going to give him an auto success, basically. Oh, okay. I'm I'm slow. Everybody drink. Uh I have been, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay. Uh so you're 21. I think you are basic round. You you don't notice anything out of the ordinary uh at first. Uh, you do see the point where obviously uh, uh, Leaf and Brock wandered into the bushes at some point. Uh, would you like to inspect it? Uh, if he's just like killing time and it doesn't take him out, like really outside of camp, I'm assuming. Nah, it's it's not very far. Then yeah, yeah, he'll uh, poke around just a little bit. All right, so you go poke around, and uh, I think. Because it's further away from the light, uh, you probably find yourself stepping in something, and and it just it feels squishy and slimy. But you can also tell it's not like a, a turd or anything like that. It, 
It, it feels gross, but <laughs> you're not sure what it is. Oh, but not shit gross. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah um, I'm assuming if he's going like on the outskirts of camp, he's brought either a lantern or like a, a makeshift torch to give him some light. So he just like shined that. Okay. So you like look at your foot and look at what's on the ground and there's a small uh animal uh something that was once fuzzy but is now just kind of ripped open and uh it's bloody and it's entrails are there on the ground oh no it looks like something predated it like something hunted it killed it ate Mm. what it wanted interesting um I guess he'll like move it a little bit from camp just so it's not like right there so it doesn't attract other things that want to eat it all right uh so you like punt it into the fucking bushes (laughs) just get get out of here i do have mythic power attack so i mean sky's the limit you like fucking boot kick it up into midair and then just bitch slap it with your fucking rapier into the night um okay after that uh you don't find anything out of the ordinary around camp beyond that uh but you do find yourself thinking back uh to last night when you were going to sleep trying to wrap your head around things and deal with what you'd seen you find yourself regularly looking up to the moon Maybe sometimes squinting, trying to get the light to be just right so that you can see what you saw before, see if it was just a trick of the light. But you see no eye in the moon, uh, no matter what you try. Interesting. Yeah, then I guess it's just um, quiet time with his thoughts. Do you care to share any thoughts or no? Um, I mean, mostly at this point, Riley is, uh, like, there, there's a lot going on that's still outside the realm of his understanding, and he's just, today, especially with the conversation with Leaf and Brock, coming to terms with the things that he knows he can rely on, which are his fighting skills and his companions, and I think his conversation with Leaf and Brock has really kind of set his resolve for, um how he wants to move forward with Tava. So he knows that a conversation with her is upcoming in the next few nights, but he also knows that he needed this night to kind of figure things out for himself anyways. All right. Eventually, Riley's shift will end. Uh, He goes to wake somebody else. Uh, uh, If you want to pass a message on, uh, go ahead. Yes, I was just about to say that um, whoever he wakes up, which I, it probably doesn't matter. I'll just go down the Discord list and go with Leaf. Um, <laughs> but he'll let uh, Leaf know that he found the, uh, the the ripped up small creature outside of camp and moved it so as to kind of deter other predators. Okay, uh, that was a good choice, I suppose. Thanks for uh, warning me. Riley uh, nods and uh, wishes you a good night as he goes in to get some sleep himself. Yeah, 
the, the like the vague descriptions of the creatures not sitting right with Leaf, and so he's going to uh, like tap somewhere on like Box's side and see if he can coax Gray Malkin down. Yeah, uh, he can. You can uh, scare the cat from his branches, and and it will I'm, run. I'm down just making you. sure. I'm just making sure the cat's still up in the branches, because if that squirrel oh. ate my cat, <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, uh, it was it was not a cat. It was smaller than a cat. Okay, I'm just making sure. I don't know how dangerous these things are. It's like at that point we just like he he undoes his druidic vows and he just burns the forest down. <laughs> this place is unnatural. Boom. Fireball! I'm suddenly a wizard. You can get away with a lot of things, but do not fuck with that man's cat. <laughs> I mean, that's a good way of getting to him at this point. Hmm. Noted. I mean, yeah. what? Alright, so Leaf, uh, your watch and all other watches will go smoothly. Uh, Riley, I'd like you to... Uh, Make a wisdom check, please. 18. Uh, okay, so with your 18, you you find yourself... Uh, are you sleeping in the cart? I take it? Sure, yeah, why not? If it's open. Oh, it's got enough room, and I, I imagine purposefully it has room for at least one person to sleep. He'll cuddle up with some nice books. It'll be good. Yes. Um, so you find yourself tossing and turning and feeling rather uncomfortable and having a hard time go to sleep. Uh, you have a thought, maybe it'll make you feel better. You just kind of pull one of the side flaps away, uh, and let some of the moonlight in. And shortly after that, you fall asleep. Interesting. Very interesting. Are you cheating on Victoria with the moon? <laughs> moon versus my my girlfriend turned into the moon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's enough of the moon for both of us, so it's not really cheating. I, I'm sure Calistria would understand. All right. And uh, does anybody have anything else they'd like to add before we... Uh, uh, softly put a pillow over the face of the session. Um, I do. I would like to add three to my class level. Uh, no thanks. Okay, fair. I tried. Can I get just one to mine? No. Ah, damn. Alright, so I think we'll end there. Can I get a mythic tier? Ooh. No. Yeah. No? Congratulations, no. that was your first mythic trial, is begging for ranks. <laughs> hey we killed that squirrel that squirrel was fearsome you see if you had actually killed the mythic enemy that was in this session you might actually have a second tier I told you fuckers we should have hunted that bitch down to slaughter them I don't think we could have <laughs> right? I feel like anything's possible in tabletop RPGs as long as you think well enough and roll well enough it, okay, first off, first. you're in the group. Rolling well enough is not going to be an option. Thank you for going with the rolling well enough and not the thinking well enough thing for that insult. I appreciate that. 
Hi, this is Tracy, the voice of a deer. I would like to take a moment to tell you about a new podcast. It's called Dustrous. We have a pre-colonialism Native American, a Old West gambler, and a modern-day teenager from Detroit. Dropped off in a brand new world full of magic and absolute chaos. I am the DM. I will try to wrangle them and guide them as they make their journey across this world and maybe learn some new things and right some wrongs. If you like high magic fantasy, this is definitely a world for you. You can find us on Twitter at Dustress Podcast, and we hope you join us there and in the Discord. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. My name is Don. You can find me do other tabletop RPG podcasts over at HexGridHeroes.com. I'm currently rebooting a Starfinder campaign, and I'm the voice of Pokemon trainer Cory in Pokemon Seichao. Over there, I also sit down with a couple of my friends and we discuss how a horror movie can be used in a haunted house setting. If you'd like to hear me talk more about horror movies, I also do a horror movie review podcast over on the Necropodicon Network. It's right there in the name. How to Survive a Horror Movie, where we talk about movies like Legion, Hush, and Quiet Place, and we talk about how the people in the movie could have survived this better, and what would be our perfect sequel. That's all for me for now. You never know I'm going to have another project, so follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Don Buley. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm Brian, I run Action Forge, a tabletop RPG YouTube channel where we dive into all sorts of topics. If you want to learn more, head over there and check it out. Also, if you want updates on all my various projects and some awesome tabletop RPG memes, go ahead and check me out over at Twitter where I'm at ActionForge. You go into a mining settlement called Fillmore's Crossing. It's about 30 miles outside of the control zone. Do y'all know what the control zone is? Of course we do. Oh, of course Naturally. I know what the control, control zone is. I mean, control, like, of course we know what the control yeah, zone is. You guys, you guys probably wouldn't. Like the zone. I fucking hate both of you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Some weird stuff's been going on in Fillmore's Crossing. We just got word that three days ago, Elma's wife, she tore the three kids limb from limb and doesn't remember doing it at all. Sounds like it's like the, the Wild West out there. <laughs> LCP D&D is an actual play D&D 5E podcast. Our current adventure is set in the Wild West and features magic, orcs, vampires, and an all-original soundtrack. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, and CastBox. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and even hang out with us in our Discord server, LCP D&D. If you'd like to become a patron, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash eldritchdream. We have a bunch of rewards for Dustress and Aeterna involved. You can also join us in the Hive, that's our Discord, linked in the episode description. You can also find links to our Tee Public, where we have tons of designs for various types of merch. Hit us up on Twitter or Discord. We love to hear from everyone and enjoy making new friends. And until next time, everybody... May the Elder Gods haunt your dreams.